morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are, this is the 212 Podcast. We deep dive into the world of the entertainment, arts, and events industry each week to talk to a new guest. Our guest this week is the epitome of cool. Uh, he is the front man of the Honey Bears, an American blues, funk, and soul artist influenced by none other than Howlin' Wolf and James Brown, among others, of course. Uh, with his husky voice, he almost shouts his rhythm into your brain, and it just bloody stays there. Please welcome to the podcast Joe Lewis, otherwise known as Frontman from Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Uh, how are you and where are you today, Joe? I'm um, great. I'm uh, at home in Austin, Texas, just watering my garden. <laughs> nice. You gotta you gotta keep uh, keep the plants watered in in the hot heat of Austin. Uh, yeah. Did you grow up there, Joe? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, I grew up on the north side. Uh, I've been in Austin since I was about five years old, most of my adult life. And uh, also, I lived in Montreal, Canada, for about three years a while back. But other than that, I've been in Austin whole time what were you doing in uh, montreal just was that the was that kind of band stuff music oh no i, I had a girlfriend there for a while and didn't work out so. they always get you they always drag you into these different yeah, places man those canadians <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how did kind of you get uh, we always take a uh, guess back to the when they started because it's easy to talk about what you've done now what you've achieved but i guess wh- where did it start for you in terms of music and, and becoming an actual thing were you playing in bands at school like how did it how did it start for you yeah i was just uh i was working at a pawn shop back in the day and i just decided to buy the guitar buy a guitar one day and i just kind of started messing around in my bedroom you know, figuring out what I could on my own. And then uh, when I moved into town, I kind of moved into Austin proper and started hanging out with more musicians and stuff and just kind of going hanging out with people and playing playing music with them and jamming and stuff and then just picking up stuff where I could, you know, that and, like, listening to records. And so that was probably – I probably started – got my first, like, pro gig, like, shit, what was I, like, 25 or something, 24? So I kind of – I started playing guitar kind of late. I started playing guitar when I was probably, uh, like, 19 maybe. Did you have were, you, were any of your family members or friends like really into music as well? Yeah, you know my 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 dad. I mean, we listened to music, but I I didn't come from like an art family at all. You know, I was I'm like the only musician that I met. My grandfather was a sax player back in the day, but I I never met him. You know, he was a pro musician, so I guess that's where I get it. I always feel like it comes from the grandparents. <laughs> yeah, you know, my dad, and my mom weren't they didn't play music at all, so. It's, it's just something I just kind of found on my own. I, it, I wish I would have gotten started when I was younger. Because you, know, you see some of these guys have been playing since they were kids, and they just know, like, instruments so much better, you know, just with all those years of experience. Did you have to – I mean, you people have to try different things to until it, it kind of clicks and, and, and it works. And did you have to – did you have to join loads of bands before you finally – kind of you know black black joe lewis and the honey bears was 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 a thing no i always had my own band you know uh you know i always played blues i just kind of built off of that you know i was never in uh any other bands you know because I've, I've just never been like a, a more of a i'm like i'm like what they call an art guy i guess you know i'm not like a big uh technical player you know like know all the st- like technicalities and stuff like that so i kind of just came up my own style like that and uh but yeah, I just always, I just always was playing blues, doing my own thing. I worked out like that. How did the so is the has it almost been the the same band? Like, has it always been Black Joe Lewis and the and the Honey Bears? My original band was a Black Joe Lewis and the Cool and Cool Breeze. 
And uh, that's where I used to play around Austin, you know, like when I was doing a lot of my stuff when we first came out. Then this version of the band uh, came along probably like about five years later after that. And that's when we started calling it the Honey Bears, you know. And that's when uh, I got like kind of there's only one guy left from the original group. My horn players have been with us for a long time now. They kind of came along about a year in. We had a different horn section at the beginning. So they, they're original. They've been around long enough. But uh, yeah, my bass player is like the only guy that's still there from like day one. Do you know how to play? Uh, what instruments instruments do you know how to play? Could you could you do it by yourself? <laughs> oh man, you know what? Well, I do like some blues stuff, just playing on acoustic. But no, I don't know how to play drums or nothing like that. Uh, I, I, I can I can I can hold down a little bit of bass and, and uh, guitar. That's it, really. Too lazy to learn anything else, I guess. And I guess it comes down to the the actual band that you play. Like everybody we talk to who's in a band, they they talk about the riffing off of each other. You know, who's the one that does all of his own? Oh, Ben Folds, isn't it? Ben Folds does does everything in his in his band. But right. I guess most people in you know they they join bands because they they want to hang out with their mates and they want to just have a good time. Yes, yeah, definitely. Like it, it, it makes it easier when you enjoy the people that you're working with. You know. Yeah, and it's always fun to, like, you know, you kind of get inspiration off each other when you're jamming, you know. Just having somebody there to be like, oh, that sounds cool, keep rocking, keep rolling with that, you know, so. What type of music did you listen to growing up? Growing up, man, I was mostly, like, a lot of hip-hop, and uh, I kind of started getting into more, like, rock and roll and stuff, like, in high school, you know. I, I started listening to Hendrix, and that was kind of, like, the beginning of me getting into, uh, like, guitars and stuff like that. But, yeah, prior to that, it was mostly... Mostly all like hip hop records and stuff like that. What did you do? You remember where your first record was? The first album I ever bought was probably, uh, I think it was uh, MC Hammer, Hammer Don't Hurt. <laughs> that was the first one I ever bought. And then uh, I remember I tried to, I bought the Snoop Dogg Doggy Style. My parents like took it away from me because they, uh, they overheard some of the lyrics or whatever. Classic. So they took it, yes. Yeah, so. I, th- I think my parents did the same. Uh, I I bought Dr. Dre 2001 and oh, yeah. uh, the Avalanches on the same day. <laughs> the Avalanches was fine, but Dr. Dre, when that was blasting out, there was definitely some uh, some words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. you did you did you buy? I mean, you mentioned the the records there. Did uh, you obviously you're obviously a collector as well? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I used to buy all kind. Of, you know, back in the day, it was cassette tapes. But yeah, you know, I, I definitely I got a I got a decent uh, collection of albums, you know. And you said about uh, Austin in particular. I I just I don't I don't I've got as I said before to to you before we we jumped on here is, you know, I've got a lot of friends that uh, work in South by Southwest and and that live in that area. But I just one thing I don't understand is how and why Austin or Texas produce such good bands. There's just tons of them. Yeah, you know, you know, Austin used to be a I mean, things have changed a lot over the years. It's kind of gotten more metropolitan. There's like a lot of big companies moving here and people with a lot of money kind of like every, it's got, it's turned, it's, it's a completely different city from what it was 10 years ago. Uh, you know, it's just gotten so expensive that a lot of the, the artists are leaving, you know, it's awesome for too long. You're not gonna be able to say that no more about here, but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, back in the day, whenever I started playing, you know, it was just an easy place to live. Like everybody had a band. A lot of people, you know, worked at a restaurant. Everybody smoked weed and, and went out every single night. It was a big going out. It was a big going out culture here. 
back in the day. I guess it still is, but it's a little bit different now. But, uh, you know, and people would actually come out and like actually listen to the bands, you know, like nowadays you kind of see like a lot of times people go out back, you know, the music isn't, I, I just feel like people aren't as in, into music as they used to be. But well, yeah, you think you that know, is, do you think that's because it's just easy access to everything? That oh, people yeah, just, yeah. There's too much. It's just cheap, you know, you know, you don't really, you know, you used to want to go to the, I used to love going to the store and buying cassette tapes and, and albums and stuff like that for, for the art. And, you know, there's like a whole thing to it going down there and getting it when it came out, you know, like now it's just like, you know, you kind of just like listen to music for a minute on your, on when you're streaming and you kind of just go into the next thing. And, and I find myself not being as, uh, in depth with my stuff. You know what I mean? I used to sit there and read all the notes in there and shit. And, you know, and, and, and now it's just kind of, it's just gotten cheap, you know? And it's just, and it's just like ADD culture, you know, with the, the phones and the internet. So everything's like right there, you know, you just have to like kind of work harder for your entertainment, you know? So I think that, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. We were talking about this the other uh, the other day with SoundCloud, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah. I just remember ha- like jumping on that every every day almost, like listening to stuff. But even myself, yeah. I don't do that anymore. Like, and I I even begrudge have begrudge listening to Spotify, but I do it, and I imagine you do. Oh too. yeah, yeah, I, I hate it too, and and it's like I got the YouTube one because uh, I feel like they got a bigger library. But like, uh, yeah, forever I would I wouldn't stream, you know, and then and here I am doing it. It's just. This is how it is now, uh, the way around it. Like when it first started, you know, everybody was kind of like, you know, don't, don't use that shit, you know, but then I don't know, man. And it, it was like every musician in the world uses it. I mean, it's just how it is now, you know? Uh, and it's so difficult because it pays uh, pittance to the bands as well. Right. You know, you just kind of, well, you got to go on tour now more than you used to, I guess. Uh, you know, you, you kind of don't even like people that give their records away for free now. They just, they just put it out so they can have some, some kind of, buzz going around there for their live shows you know what i'm saying it's just like a good record now is just something to get you work you know yeah we had uh i was talking to a friend recently about um you know like a well-known band who's had uh, multiple hits but they you know just from the record label alone it's just that it's they were only earning maybe twenty thousand pounds uh, a year just uh, that was part of the the, the deal but it's just so much harder. To, I mean, it's easier to listen for the for the listener, but it's so much harder to make money in some respects uh, unless you're touring, as you said. Yeah, it's really the only way that you know, and then getting getting syncs, getting getting placements and stuff like in TV shows or whatever. You know, that's a good way to make money. Uh, yeah, you know, albums now are just kind of like something to just to keep the buzz going. You know what I'm saying, like. Like, I kind of feel like the last album we did, you know, was just kind of like, you know, moving forward on my own to see what's the point in, like, rushing to put out albums anymore, you know, unless you, you're still getting work coming in, you know, like, there's no rush, you know, you know, because it's just ended up feeling like a waste of money, you know, like, uh, we just, it was just hard to get any press going around it, you know, and we're still going out, people still want to hear the old stuff anyway, you know, so it's just like... You know, you may as well. Like, me, I'm just like I'll just put out albums when I absolutely have to to keep my work coming in. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'll be honest, I've I mean I've got I've got stuff on uh, from from your old stuff on on my on my playlist as well. So yeah, I, I yeah. still kind of love that stuff. But what do you think it's What do you think about Austin in particular? I mean, it's it, it, is it a churn and burn kind of environment, or is it, it or does it or can it sustain you if if there's all these musicians that move there? I mean, there's there's a lot of people that are there that are musos, aren't they? Oh, yeah, man. You know, I mean, 
you know, I kind of rag on Austin nowadays for what it's turned into, but it's always been, I think, the best place to, to start a band. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, you go to like Nashville, it has like industry and LA has like industry and like, and Nashville has more like studio players and stuff like that. And we have like more like live, like people, I, like, I just want to tell people, I'm like, if you want to be like a studio guy and make a lot of money or whatever, go to Nashville or LA. If you want to start a band, you know, try to start your own little project. Austin's the best just because, you know, it's, it's, it's like such a party town, you know, and it's just such a big part of the culture. So, you know, there's like a lot of other people here trying to do the same thing. So, you know, you end up running into people here and starting like a band, that, you know, that you never thought you were going to that did great, you know, and just having like that many counterparts, other musicians around kind of helps you keep like, you know, just it's just like a bigger pond to pull out of or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, so people just, that don't, so people that don't know uh, US that culture that well. I mean, what what's in Nashville that that's not available in Austin? I just feel like the vibe. You go there, you can tell it's just different. It's more like a, it's just more clean cut and like, I guess professional. I guess you know, and they got all the labels there and stuff, and, and you have like real big name like Taylor Swift and stuff like that. You know, like big big country names and stuff like that. And here it's just kind of like rock and roll guys, with, you know, like smoking weed and jamming out in the garage. You go to L.A., it's kind of more shishi. People are like, you know, like, who do you know? Who do you know? Like, who do you, you know, who are you playing with? You know, like here it's just more like you just kind of get your group of guys you like playing with. And it's just easy to do that here, you know. He's, isn't isn't um, Nashville kind of more... I, I don't know. Is it is it pigeonholed into just country, or is is it all genres of music? Oh, uh, they got they got more stuff coming out of there. Like there was this guy named RG Three that was doing real big. Uh, I don't know if he's still around or not. But he was based out. He I remember I met him. He was from uh, Rhode Island, and he just moved to Nashville. And he was doing like kind of like punk indie rock kind of thing, and so you know, there's other stuff there for sure. But yeah, you know, mostly yeah, it's. A lot of, you know, country is a big thing, but but like I said, you know, they got they have a lot of industry there. So you know, if you want to go out, and go into the industry, go into the music industry, and try to be like, I'm gonna be a rock star or something. You know, you might have better luck there if you want to do something more like mainstream or whatever. But they they also but they do have a big music scene on their own, like outside of the country scene. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of good players. There's actually people moving there from here. You know, yeah, I right. I kind of like it. I mean, it's. It's got a similar vibe to Austin, but it's I like Austin a little bit better. It's a little bit more uh, not as uh, clean cut or whatever, but that's kind of quickly changing too. So, do you think the big events in in Texas or near Austin, I guess in particular, is do you think they uh, they they have such an impact on the community? I mean, South by Southwest is such an obvious one, and Austin city limits. But is uh, how do you think they affect the, the world that you live in oh man they well i i feel like austin has blown up over the past decade so much because of the music scene and our nightlife here i think that people would come here on business trips and, and like go out and meet and there's there's like a ton of chicks here you know like and they just go out and have a great time and they're like i'm gonna live there so then like i think that's why everybody started moving here is because of like you know and those festivals helped expose the city to other people you know what i'm saying so I feel like people came, probably came here and stopped by for the first time and never wanted to leave, you know, and and people just constantly started moving here because it was so much, it was such a fun place to be, you know, and it was so, it was so cheap, dude. You, I mean, like, you, like my rent when I was, when I was 19 was probably like 
and my portion was like 300 bucks or something, you know, and, and that same house nowadays is thousands and thousands a month, you know what I'm saying? So it, uh, those festivals is definitely like displayed what we do here, you know, what we have going on. And I think that it did its job, I guess, cause it's not like, it's like one of the fastest growing cities there is, you know, so. How big does it get when it's on? Like in terms of the amount of people that, that come there, is it just is it just crazy? It doesn't matter where you live, if you're in the center or out on the outskirts, you just you feel it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you get yeah, when you get a little bit further out, you don't really notice it, but when you're in town in Austin proper, it's pretty, it's, it gets pretty uh, jumping, you know, pretty crowded. You know, like I think, it, yeah, honestly, I think South by like I feel like the crowds have been getting smaller the last couple of years, to be honest, compared to what they used to be. Uh, like I feel, and then it's also like, whenever I first started getting on South by, I feel like the the main the main draw was like kind of like rock and roll was still big, and and now it's more like a hip hop thing almost. Like you see more like rap acts than anything, and like kind of like rapper dudes in town like trying to be all cool on Sixth Street. But uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, I think that it's gotten smaller over the years, maybe. Not your vibe, Joe. Nah, you know, it, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Do you, uh, how does it compare to Austin City Limits? Oh, uh, ACL, well, ACL is more like centralized and it's just in one area, you know? So you really don't even really, you don't notice that unless you go or if you live in that neighborhood down there. You know, South by is spread out all over the city, so, you know, it's a little bit more impactful, but the, the ACL, man, I don't even notice when it's happening, to be honest, you know, unless somebody tells me they're going. But you've played at both, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, the people that put ACL on, we kind of pissed them off a while back on accident and uh, haven't been able to play it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even really know. If, uh, yeah, I get, that's about to happen, I believe. I think it's about to happen. Yeah, which is, which, is, which is crazy when you actually think. I know we spoke about this before, but if you think – U.S. is, I mean, you saw Lollapalooza just recently uh, and the, the mass crowd that they had. And then you look at oh. other countries that are still in lockdown. You're like, how? <laughs> Dude, how well, because we, uh, it's because we hoarded all the vaccines from the rest of the world, you know. I mean, it, it, that's the main difference. And uh, and really, they should be, you know, it's kind of they kind of hit a wall here. Like the people that have been willing to take the shot have already gotten it. And now they're just trying to convince these fucking inbreds to get it. But like... Uh, you know, they, what they really should do is ship that shit out to the rest of the world and get this shit under control. Because, because really, if it keeps spreading in other countries, it's going to keep mutating, and then you know, and eventually, it's going to get to a point to where we don't have it, like a vaccine that's going to work for it, and then we're really fucked. So, you know, preach, I don't know. I, preach, man. I get it. I get it. Yeah, sticking with the positive, not the not, this, yeah, not, yeah, the, yeah. not the c word, because the c yeah. word is can definitely be a, a, <laughs> a killer. Um, yeah. the 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 bands. I mean, we spoke about like Austin in particular that just creates creates these bands. I mean, you mentioned uh, one just then, RG Three. I think you said, what what Texas bands are you listening to at the moment? Is there anyone that you listen to and you're like, fuck, that's that's good, right now? Yeah, who did you last Shazam? Oh man, I've been listening. Well, wasn't anybody from here? It's this. Uh, I was listening to this DJ uh, producer guy. I can't, I don't know how to say Cat Catrondia or something like that. Catronda, the Haitian Catronda. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been listening yeah. to his new album. It's just pretty good. Uh, how good is? It? Yeah, it's awesome. Canadian. Is he Canadian? I think he's Haitian. Yeah, so that probably makes sense. He probably probably lives in Canada or moved up there because they got a lot of. 
Haitians in uh in uh, Quebec, I, I feel like. Yeah, he's 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 sick, man. Do you listen to anything like uh, other than you know? I mean, you've just said like Cajunada's not uh, would not be the same as the genre that you probably play. Do you? Yeah. I mean, are you one of those people that just loves fucking everything? Yeah, well, almost everything. There's there's some things I can't like modern country. I can't really do. So I mean, I'm so out of touch with it too. I couldn't. I can't name anybody off the top of my head. To but like. This stuff, you know, stuff you hear like commercial, like in TV and all that stuff like that, you know, on the radio. And uh, I can't listen to that. I can't listen to that shit. Some of it, I mean, some somebody will put a cool song out, but like, no, I don't listen to Taylor Swift or nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, that shit sucks. Well, um, yeah, Taylor Swift is is a, is a funny example because there's something we'll talk about later. But I mean, I have a few of your your songs in. I've got a playlist called uh, Sultry, and it's got like Alabama Shakes, yourself, Black Keys, etc. I love Bitch, I Love You, and Get Your Shit. Uh, so uh-huh. I always have to say it in the Erica Badu uh, Tyrone <laughs> way. But clearly, you don't censor yourself. So, like, does that? become a problem with labels or who you play with or do you think people love it because it makes you stand out man you know I, to be honest i haven't got much feedback on that there was a, a, a long time ago i remember we, we had an opportunity to open up for al green and then he pulled us from the gig because uh, he heard bitch i love you or something like that and i was like dude you used to beat women up shit you know like you had you like did a chick so wrong she poured grits on your head like hot grits on your head you know it's like, you know, I guess now he's a preacher. Can't you can't have that? But like, but you know, I, I mean, besides being like, oh, we can't put that one on radio because this and that. But I'm like, well, how do rappers do it? They cuss like every other word, you know. And they still get their stuff on. So I guess you just got to make a radio a radio edit version. But uh, but then but then if you did have someone like Al Green, for instance, or I don't know, you know, any old school uh, like soul. Guy, if you actually listened to your your song, you, you would know that there's there's some fucking deep stuff in there. Like, yeah. um, if you just took, if you just if they just blanked out the fact that there was a few bleeps in there, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see why it's such a big deal over here. Like, I'm like, do they used to play stuff? I mean, they still play. I mean, they play stuff on the radio, and they just they have radio edits, you know, like. Yeah, it's the simplest. Part. You probably just go back and have it mastered, and have the guy like blank out, like recuss. You know, just make it quiet right there. You know, but now nah, you know I haven't really gotten too much. I thought like kind of because I wrote that song a long time ago, and and uh, you know, and everybody thought it was hilarious. And then we kind of started getting more into the 2020s and stuff like that, and like these later, just 2000, the 2020s and whatnot. Oh, uh, I was kind of worried. I was like, man, what if I get like me too for bitch I love you? But it hasn't happened, so. I don't think, you know, I'm sure somebody's out there who's gotten mad about it, but I mean, it's a joke, you know, anything. So, is there is there songs that you still like? Is that is that probably your like your? Is that the one that gets played the most, or is that the the most popular? And is is that the one that you love the most? No, that one. I mean, it's one of the more popular ones. Probably the most heavily played one is probably Sugarfoot. Uh, that's probably been like my biggest single I've ever had. Uh, but uh, my my favorite stuff that I've done is like my newest stuff, you know. And that's been like the least exposed stuff, you know. I just never really got an opportunity. Like the like this first two records, like 
got a lot of exposure because we were on a big label, put them out and stuff, you know, and they put it out around the world and shit. So we did some tours on it and, you know, we had some of our bigger singles on there. Like the newer stuff, you know, is like kind of like self-released and it's just been a little bit tougher to get the word out on it. But I, yeah, honestly, I'm usually like the, the newest, the newest song I got is probably my favorite thing to play live just because I'm so tired of playing like the old stuff, you know, but, uh, is your newest stuff out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it ever came out over there though, because you know, we just sell, we did it, we put it on. It's called uh, the difference between me and you. It's been out a couple of years now. So like I said, it's just been hard to get the word out on it, you know, but that's actually, I think some of our strongest stuff, you know, uh, you kind of, it's more like a blues, deep blues kind of thing, you know, a little heavier blues kind of stuff. Uh, I feel yeah. like that's the thing with with uh, with uh, like being an artist as well. Every time you speak to someone about like their music, generally it's the newest one or the one that's coming out. Because it, for you as well, is it? Are you constantly looking to like looking to be better and looking to evolve? Yeah, I mean, you know, you just do that in life. You know, I like I'm kind of a little bit older now, and I'm not like. I wouldn't look at it as like, uh, like I'm definitely like not trying to be like, oh, I'm gonna be this. I'm trying to get big, you know. I want to be big, you know. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of gotten to the point now where I'm happy with, uh, you know, I'm proud of what I've accomplished, and you know, I'm not, I'm not like obsessed with trying to get big like I was when I was younger and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, you always want to try to get better at anything you do, you know. And I think that like I've gotten, you know, over the years I've gotten to be a better singer and guitar player, you know. And, so that's probably, you know, people might notice there, they might not. But to me, it's cool because I get, you know, um, I, I see the results, you know, firsthand. And that's probably got a lot too. like, like a lot of the newer stuff, too. Like my singing has just gotten so much better over the years than what it used to be. And so I feel like we can just execute better nowadays as musicians. Because like back when we first started this band, I was still like new at playing the guitar, you know. And the singing thing was like real new. And so over the years, I've just gotten good and, and like gotten to be professional at it. And, you know? Yeah, don't want to like fanboy too much, but I mean, you have got an unbelievable voice. I feel like it should be uh, uh, showcased more. I feel like. No, yeah, yeah, we definitely. You know, like, the, I feel like some of the newer stuff that we've done kind of showcases that. And then, like, if you see me live, you know, like a lot of times the the studio doesn't didn't really, you know, it's hard it's hard to capture a lot of that in the studio. I feel like that live vibe and whatnot. But no, yeah, no, yeah, we definitely. I'd like to try to figure out how to get uh, my newer stuff out there more. And, and it's overseas. Like, we used to go to Europe and Australia a couple of times a year back in the day. You know, part of it is because we had a label that was covering the, the losses. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like the last time we went to Europe, we kind of actually had gotten where we had people coming out. and We built some, you know, after all those years of going, and we just stopped going, you know, because we couldn't. So now it's like we're back to ground zero out there. So. You know, I definitely like like to figure out how to pu- push my stuff over there overseas more. You know, just to try to get that extra market in. And it's all about the momentum as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, momentum. You know, uh, yeah. You see, you, you know, like nowadays, you see so many bands that get they're just huge, like the biggest band in the world for like two years, three years, and then they're done. You know, they get a couple albums and it's it. You know, and it's like damn. And these are like these aren't like bands that were like small. They're like these are like big acts. You know, you just don't hear anything from them anymore. It's crazy. Which goes back to what you were saying, like the attention span. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely. I'm just happy to be to still be out here, man. Still be able to go out, and make money playing. You know, 
I feel like if you if you can at least pull that off, you're be successful, success. you know. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned there at the beginning, you know, Howlin' Wolf and, and James Brown, but they feel fairly obvious comparisons. But who were your influences then? And as you've grown older, have you got new influences? Oh, yeah, man. I went through a, a lot of phases. Like, uh, you know, when I started playing guitar, that was like, you know, you know, like the, I was like really into like 70, like late 70s punk rock and stuff like that and uh, blues. So that's kind of what I was jamming. That's when I was learning how to play guitar. So I think that's where I got the style I got, you know, like Stooges and fucking Rocket from the Tomb and all those guys, like Dead Boys, that kind of stuff. And then, uh, who's another, like Hound Dog Taylor was a big one for me. Big influence, uh, Elmore James. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, we're we're all everybody in the band. We're all huge uh, Steely Dan fans. I love stuff like that. You know, kind of, you know, a little bit all over the place with that. Do you look at any of the I others like, like now? I guess in even in other genres, like um, I mean, Kendrick's probably a really great example of someone that felt like he came along at the complete right time. Obviously, he's getting bigger and bigger, but it's felt like changed a little bit. Like hip hop was going a little bit stale and. Yeah, uh, kind no, of re-energized. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, he kind of brought it back, like to where you can do like a like almost like '90s stuff, like uh, like so much of the hip hop now is just kind of like two words and over and over, you know. Like, and he was and he kind of brought it back to like to the '90s, like actually being like a lyricist and all that. Like, you know, like I feel like these, these the kids now they don't really care about lyrics as much as they used to as we used to and. You know, like, oh, what's he talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always, like, we're we're young. You got to be talking about something, you know? And if you weren't, like, you know, if you weren't street, you couldn't rap about that shit or else you get get called out. You know, having writing teams and stuff like that, you know, you you weren't really, if people found out you were doing that, you got ran out of town, you know? So, yeah, he's definitely, like, Kendrick was definitely, like, one of my favorite things there for, like, his first album. That shit was the best. So good, wasn't it? A long it? time, man. And yeah. And he, uh, you know, as he went along, it kind of kind of started losing me a little bit. Like, uh, like damn, I didn't think that album was that great. I liked uh, a couple of the songs on there, but like, uh, but yeah, that, that, that guy was on some other shit. I wonder, if, I wonder if he's gonna put anything else out. Yeah, I was, I was that's one of the things I was gonna say is, if, are you? Actually, we'll get we'll get to that later on. But um, I wondered, like you talking about, like, we're talking about the different genres. Um, is are we going to see uh, are we going to see Black Joe Lewis uh, playing classical violin or the Indian <laughs> sitar? Are we going to see like any Me. other like, or is it are you you're the blue you're blues guy? Yeah, probably. I'm just, I'm too lazy to learn anything new. So, but you never know, man. I, I can I kind of like sitar a little bit, you know. <laughs> And you said there as well like earlier the the you know talking live you know needing to get out there and 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 you know Europe and Australia as well that you've been to. What are the some of the best artists that you've played with? Oh man, there was a guy, uh, this blues man out of Houston. He he actually died a little while ago. The uh, little Joe Washington, probably the best performer I've ever seen in person. Who else, man? There's- what was that like for you though, as well? Like, cause you're, you play and then you're looking at someone else playing and you're like, Whoa, that guy is on another level. Well, you just kind of, you're like, uh, I guess you're just, uh, you go into fan mode, you know, like, man, it's badass, you know, 
that that guy that guy would he would just blow your mind though. He was like a this little blues man, dude. He, I think he was uh well, I know he, I mean he was like straight up like he was like just homeless. And he was living up at the top of his club and he would just play the happy hours. But uh you know, he had a fucking ton of issues, but like uh he was crazy as fuck. But he was man, that guy like one of the last living blues men, you know, at the time. And that's so sad to see as well, isn't it? Like I'm thinking, you know, people that have come back in their the the older life and 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 they've they've finally made like a resurgence. I I guess off the top of my head, I'm thinking like C6 Steve, Charles Bradley, and you know there was that other guy. I think it was Buddy Guy. I think it was or someone uh, had uh-huh. this track with Snoop Dogg, and but he was actually homeless as well. But it's it, yeah, it's real sad to see, especially like an absolute like uh, amazing artist you know but you shared right. the stage with charles bradley as well haven't you yeah oh, yeah yeah he was awesome man uh we did a lot of shows with him and sharon jones uh back in the day and yeah he's one of those guys that was like awesome to watch too you know what was he like yeah. I mean, is he is he is he exactly what you think like just a chill dude yeah he was chill as fuck he uh you know joe my sax player knew him a little bit better than i did i only met him a few times uh mostly hung out with his band but uh yeah, dude, he's chill, man. He's super real, you know. Um, I remember a few times seeing him. He, I could tell his his age, you know. He was kind of because he goes that dude goes hard, man. And mm. at their at their shows, and a few times I could tell, like backstage, he was kind of he's like, man, this shit gets harder and harder, you know. But uh, yeah, he was great. And I guess because he was a James Brown impersonator for so many years. I mean, you're talking energy. That man. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. why I love the Coke, because he really needed needed uh, a yeah. uh, pick-me-up. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Is there anyone else that you would like – is there anyone that you – like, I guess your idols uh, that, that growing up, I mean, just musically, but who – were there any other idols outside of music? But within music, are there, are there any that you would love to play with? And who were your idols outside of music growing up? Man, let's see uh... – Outside of music, who am I? That's uh, tough. Because for me, because for me, head. like I, I, you know, I, I, I loved, you know, Richard Pryor for me, like the comedian. Like yeah. he was like, I, you know, I've got like a a painting of him. I want to call my child Pryor after him. Like <laughs> I, he was just like a god to me. Yeah. Obviously, there's some fucked up shit that uh, obviously he done as well, but it, I, yeah. I, I just couldn't help but. Uh, love the dude and have respect for him just because of how fucking hard working he was. Oh, for sure. But um, do you have anyone in in your life, even if you're, if you're even a family member or a friend that you were like, oh, I'm, this is impetus for me to. I mean, I'm sure. It's, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I can always, you know, I just throw my mom out there, you know, just watching all the stuff she did growing up, you know, how she handled it, you know, so I can always look at her and be like, that's pretty badass. Did you grow up um, with siblings? Yeah, I got one sister, younger sister. Yeah, it always goes back to the 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 mum. I think everyone's always like, ah, oh, that's you know, yeah, she, the, the she did a good job. She she had to do a lot on her own, and, you know. She got through it, you know. And I see, I've seen, you know, like women and stuff and men and whatever, like, uh, complain about way less, going through way less, you know. So I was always cool to look back on. You think stuff's too hard or whatever, you know. Remember that? <laughs> With a perspective. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't in music? Man, probably be like <laughs> in jail or something like that. 
Like, uh, yeah, I, I never really – I was a high school dropout, man. And so I don't know what I would have gotten into. I like to think I would have found something, but uh, probably just be selling drugs or something, man. <laughs> you know, trying to get that easy money. Yeah, you weren't uh, – were you one of the, the guys knocking about with the, the skateboarders or anything? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of that. I hung out with all kinds of different types of people. Uh, you know, and just uh, the town I grew up in, you know, it was like, a, you know, it was like a little bit lower income. But like, you know, we had like black, white, Mexican, you know, so we had a lot of different types of people, you know, just everybody was like gutter, you know. So, but yeah. I, just, I feel like that's probably, I feel like they're that. I mean, not the best in terms of economically, but I mean, in terms of the people that you get to meet, there that that's they're normally the the eye-opening places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, you know, you definitely like a city like Austin kind of like doesn't have like a have like a, have like a hood anymore, you know. So it's like I feel like the city's kind of just lost like a little bit of its edge, you know, in a bad way. Like you, I mean, you, you learn pretty fucking needs- quickly with in those places as well. Yeah, you, you got to have some culture, you know. You don't want to just be – you, know, you got to have some some kind of edge to keep it, some kind of culture going on in there, you know. You don't want to be too uh, too clean cut. Yeah. Is there any – Is have you taken any – I know it's difficult sometimes to, to even think about it, but have you taken any positives from uh, the lockdowns and the chaos at the moment? Are you creating more music? Has uh, it given you a chance to, like, hang out with your friends and family more? Is there anything positive that – possibly that you've looked at and gone fuck well that's giving me this well, i definitely i went and started doing a uh, working construction and i learned to trade pretty well and started running some machines and stuff and i kind of looked at it like oh it's cool to see that uh you know i was making i was making decent money for a day job so it's cool to see that i could still uh make it you know what i'm saying i still got my work ethic and all because it's been i didn't had a day job before that in like over 10 years you know so it was kind of cool to go do that and uh, prove to myself that I could uh, handle still handle some hard work, you know. That's probably is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, it kind of sucks doing it, but yeah, but yeah, I think you, you probably you can see what you're doing as well, can't you? Because you you make something or you do something, and then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, fuck, well, we we did that. Yeah. Talking of. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift, actually, funnily you bring it up, but it's one of my questions. I was watching this video of um, of heavy metal uh, bands admitting to liking people like uh, Taylor Swift, and it was just it's just funny because it's the juxtaposition. You just don't think of it, and I wonder, you know, I know you'd hate to say it, but you're a band, you're you're a cool band, and, and I guess let's lower it down a peg. And is there anyone yeah. you fuck with at the moment that you, you that people wouldn't expect you to like? Is there is there any music or pop or whatever that you're listening to? And you go, oh god, that's that's a guilty. Oh pleasure. man, oh shit, I'm sure it's something. Uh... I mean, you know, I mean, to be honest, like I can, it'd be easier for for me to find it, find a guilty pleasure from like '90s rock or something like that. But like, uh, dude, I don't be, I don't listen, I just don't listen to anything that's out right now. I can't like, and I mean, the newest thing that I started listening to is uh, what's his name, that DJ guy we were talking about earlier, Catronada. Yeah, yeah, that was probably like the newest thing that I found. It's modern, like uh, there's like a guilty pleasure, man. Shit. So, uh, YouTube. Yeah. What right is now. your last? What is your look at your Shazam? What is your last Shazam song that you you did? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good way to go about it. Uh, 
I'll tell you mine. Well, well, well this stuff's kind of, or is it BTO's Bachman Turner Overdrive song on here? <laughs> hey, you. Or what about, I'm trying to see. My last three were Slipknot, Not Long for This World, James Blake, <laughs> yeah. Say What You Will, and Curtis Mayfield, Freddie's Dead. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good, well, that's not a guilty player. He's actually cool. Oh mate, Curtis Mayfield. Have you did you did you ever get to see him or play with him? Nah, man. He he kind of came and went before uh, he died. Like I was still in high school. I feel like when he died. Oh really? Yeah, I think so. Or he, oh, I remember he got paralyzed. Oh right. And then he ended up and he lasted for a little while longer and then he died. But yeah, no, nah, he was he was great. Uh, probably the cool like the. The coolest p- people I rubbed shoulders with was uh, we got to, we did a tour at the New York Dolls a long time ago. Awesome. That was cool, hanging out with them. They were actually pretty cool, you know. Like a lot of times, you know, the bigger acts don't really socialize with you. But, uh, I didn't know they were still going. Oh, they're not. This is like when we first started. This is like one of our first tours. Uh, you know, probably like a uh, good 10, 12, 13 years ago or something. Uh, I think I know uh, Sylvain had passed away not that long ago. So Dave Johansson's only one left. So there's actually there's there's a fair. I mean, you said you said you like the the kind of soft rock as well. I mean, they're they're, they're there's some pretty uh, big influences there for you as well that you love. Oh yeah, I mean I like the yeah, soft rock dude. Oh, I said Steely Man earlier, and you got a. You know, you got your classic, the whole Hall of Notes. You got some stuff. Uh, Hall of Notes still knocking about as well. They're still touring. It's so great. Yeah. They, yeah they had a fall, I thought they had a falling out or something, but I guess they're good now. I'd imagine it's really hard to uh, be with someone for 40 years and uh, yeah, Daryl Hall's like a piece of work, apparently. Oh, right. He's like a, he's kind of an asshole, apparently, I guess. It's Gilbert O'Sullivan all over again. Yeah. Joe, we're just coming to the end of the uh, episode now, and I just uh, kind of wanted to uh, – well, two questions. What are you looking forward to most after the, the chaos has, has finished? Is there anything you're looking forward to the most? Man, just being able to move freely and not have to worry about all this crazy – I don't think it's as crazy. It's not as crazy over there as it is here, right, with all the people, like, fighting about shit and people being, like, anti-mask and all this stuff. Like, it's, that's just here, isn't it? And what, just for any listeners that uh, are out there that um, are thinking about it, you know, I'm like young kids, what would you say to anyone who wants to get into music? Man, uh, I'd say just try to be realistic about yourself and your limits, you know, don't, try not to get too caught up in the hype and, you know, and make sure you do, you're doing it because you want to, not, not just for, you know, you know, like you're going to be unhappy if you don't get to a certain place or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You want to just do Stay true to what you what you're going to do, you know. Yeah, sweet. That's a good good place to leave it. Joe Lewis, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak to us today. Thank you. All right, bro. Thank you. That crystal clear audio and editing you hear was edited and refined by Podlike. There really is no piece of audio they can't mend.